Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. So we're in the fourth episode of this series, and it'll be the final episode. We've talked about what are the ACEs, so what are adverse childhood experiences, what is childhood trauma, and then in the last episode, we talked about why that discussion actually matters. And so today, it's more about, okay, I know that this has been a part of my story. I know that residual consequences of childhood trauma have shown up in my adult life, so now what do I do? I want to dismantle some of the hold that my trauma response currently has in my life. And let me just say you're in good company. This is the the space that I'm in. I understand what ACEs are. I understand how they've affected me. I understand why the discussion matters. And I'm actively working on dismantling the stronghold that they actually have in my life. But the first thing we have to do if we want to heal from childhood trauma is we have to understand what it actually was. So that's why we talk about it. That's why we go through what childhood trauma actually looks like. Never is it about assigning blame. Now, in some of our stories, there will be spaces where blame shows up because there there were people entrusted to walk alongside of us and protect us. And sometimes people drop the ball. And like we said in the last episode, sometimes parents, in spite of their best intentions, overlook or undershow up in ways that they should have. It happens. Now, there are also, you know, subcategories of people who maliciously inflict hard stuff in the lives of their children. And this is, um, this is not an episode that really covers that necessarily, although it would result in a trauma response most likely when someone who we've been entrusted to actually purposefully inflicts harm. So in that case, perhaps blame is a piece of the story. But for typical adverse childhood experiences, it's just not about blame. It's about understanding. It's not about excuses. It's about explanations. And I was talking with a friend, and as I was lamenting some of the kind of coping strategies that I have showing up, I would list one, and he said, well, that sounds pretty common for an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And I would explain experience a little bit of frustration and I would name another thing that I struggle with, another maladaptive behavior. And he would say, well, that sounds like a pretty common response for an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And that conversation matters. My choices, while not helpful now, they certainly make sense. And because they make sense, I can walk a little bit more boldly towards what the next season of my life looks like by saying, okay, these strategies, while they make sense, are no longer serving a purpose. So I have to mature out of them. I have to move past them. And in many cases, I have to replace them with something that's more helpful or healthy. And then I also have to work on what my thought patterns are. I also have to work on what some of my behaviors are. And in doing that, I can work on what some of my emotional responses are. It's all part of that healing process. But it starts not only with understanding what happened, but brutal acceptance of what happens. Meaning I can sit there and say, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. I didn't want that to happen in my story, but it did. I wish it didn't, but it did. And we have to just play it out as much as we want to reject what's been a part of our story. Brutal acceptance is the launching point for making self 
yourself agency decisions going forward. Because once we accept that something bad happened, then we can accept what our role was in the decision-making process, and that gives us self-agency. If I picked a faulty strategy 25 years ago and I've turned it into a habit over time, I can pick a new strategy and turn that into habit too. That's what self-agency looks like. So now I have choice points instead of being held hostage by decisions that I once made or that possibly were once made for me. So engaging in the decision-making process is why brutal acceptance matters. So I ask myself questions. What do I want to be true about myself going forward? How do I want to show up? Now, as we talk about grief, and we've talked about grief in many different episodes, part of brutal acceptance is grieving, right? The fact that I had to grow up substantially sooner than many of my peers left a mark. The fact that I, and I've used this phrasing before, I I love this phrasing, the fact that I have a childlike disorientation to the world, but yet I'm an old soul, that leaves a mark, that leaves spaces of confusion, that leaves some deficits in how I can relationship well as of right now. So grief is part of the process, which means anger is also part of the process because anger is part of grief. Anger is part of frustration that we might have missed out on things that came easier to other kids. Anger is part of the process that laments, why did this have to happen to me? Why was this in my story? But part of therapy is processing through anger. We are able to reorganize it. And when we are able to reorganize it and we're able to give voice to it, then we can help diffuse it. So anger is going to probably show up in some people's stories. Guilt is another thing that tends to show up. This is often a maladaptive strategy because guilt gives us the illusion of control. If I had just done A or if I had just done B or if I had just acted this way or responded this way, then these bad things wouldn't have happened. Guilt does not move us towards health, my friends. Sorrow does. Grieving does. Acknowledging the cost of what we went through does. Guilt does not move us towards health. And so if you find yourself in like a guilt-shame spiral, there's a good chance that you need to walk with someone who can help push back against that knee-jerk guilt response. Often guilt is a learned strategy and it's just a non-productive use of energy as it relates to the healing journey. What we do is we adopt behaviors that move us towards health and we can move towards health in a whole variety of ways because every new input we make that is autonomous, that's our decision to walk towards health and healing, every new decision we make regardless of the wellness domain that it falls in, regardless of if it's related to relationships, if it's related to finances, if it's related to our physical health, if it's related to emotional wellness, if it's related to spiritual maturity. Every time we make a step towards health, we are disrupting the narrative that we are victims in our own story. One of the things I say to many clients is I say, I understand that you know what you're running from. What I wonder is, do you know what you're walking towards? And so we have to come to a place where they understand why they're fighting for health, what health actually looks like, instead of just running from a past that I hate or that I resent. And one of the things I've been hearing over the last couple weeks is healing begins when trauma is no longer our identity. When it's not about what happened to me, when it's not about how I chose to respond, when it's not about the deficits that have shown up because of what happened. But self-agency and stepping into my story, it just shifts things. Then yes, bad stuff happened, but I am not the byproduct of those bad things. I am living a life that is the byproduct of choices I make as an adult with self-efficacy and with self-agency. And that's why healing matters. But one of the things, look at the name of this podcast, Healing Through Pain. One of the things you have to understand in a healing journey, pain is invariably part of it because you're going to confront things that are 
sometimes excruciating questions that maybe there aren't actually answers for, situations where we might never get clarity. We might have to engage forgiveness but not actually have reconciliation. There are really painful pieces, but when we stop saying, I'm fine and I turned out fine and it's all okay, and we start diving deep into the things that actually affected us, pain is part of that story, but on the other side of pain is healing. And part of that comes down to the personal responsibility. It's not about blame. It's not about guilt. It's about sorrow and it's about grief and it's about making new decisions that move you towards health. I am sorry that things happened to you. I'm sorry that survival meant making decisions that had a cost. I'm sorry that healing has to be on your shoulders. But if you choose it, self-agency shows up and it is incredible. When we choose healing, we are choosing a transformative process that knows no bounds. Now, Part of it we will have to walk alone because inner work cannot be done in tandem with someone else, but you do not have to go at it alone. That, unfortunately, as a trauma-affected person can be the hardest part because what if we show up in life and we don't know what it feels like to be in safe company? What if we don't know what it feels like to be able to trust someone without a lot of reservation or with a lot of doubt and skepticism? That's why I encourage you to come see a counselor. Now, I've talked in the past, not all counselors will be a good fit for you, so Date your therapist, try out a couple different people if you want to, go to the first couple sessions. And if it's not for you, if they're not going to walk with you through the hard, if they're not going to help you build skills and grow and move towards health, find someone else. Do not pick someone who just affirms you and says, yes, you're hurt. You have the right to be mad. Let's sit in that long term. That is not for your benefit, my friends. And I know that would not be for my benefit. I need to sit with someone that says, okay, this is what happened. This is how I responded. This is how I'm still choosing to respond. This is how I would like to respond instead. And then we're going to build, build, build skills. And we're going to build community and we're going to build a life. And it is arduous work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of intentionality. I will let you know, I work very well with young adults. I work very well with women. I do work with couples and I do work with men on occasion. But if you need a counselor, reach out to me. I do have openings in my schedule coming up over the next couple months. I love to walk with people towards healing. I'm good at what I do because I've walked the walk and I'm still walking the walk. And what I know is we can work together on deciding what type of life you actually want to build. What is no longer serving you? What do we need to replace? What new boundaries do you need? And then we get to decide who gets to be close to you and where might you need some new communities built. Some come to therapy for symptom management, so they come long enough to make the distress go away. That's okay too, but for many, we will have to dive deep into the root causes of the distress and a lot of times it starts in our family of origin, it starts in some of our childhood traumas, and we're going to have to understand what they are if we expect to move forward towards health. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.